Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It has felt like it has been the longest offseason ever, and it's probably because we are anticipating the start of the new season. We have real college football this weekend, including a kickoff game in Ireland, if you can believe that. Welcome back to uh, College Football Roundtable, or if you prefer, it's just your weekly dose of Ring Knocker Radio. I am your host, Rob, from Fayetteville, North Carolina. I was told by a coworker a couple weeks ago that I cannot use the term Vietnam because it is offensive to some of the people that have been here for a while. So from here on out, I will brew Earl Grey tea and drink with my pinky up. But uh, <laughs> welcome to Dano E. Cabeza calling out of coastal Connecticut. And we also have Jim Zopolis here, and he is from the great state of Connecticut as well. So either I need to move further north or uh, continue to operate where I'm operating. Anyway, how are we doing today, guys? Good, man. But you can tell it's been a while since uh, I'm sitting here turning off fans and air conditioners and stuff that I have no doubt got picked up on the mic. So, you know, we got a little a little learning to do, I feel like. Uh, it's good to be back, though. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, preseason football. Got to work out the kinks. You know, yeah, it's, sure. it's not a big deal. But uh, Jim is coming right. on and off, man. Yeah, yeah. Know, we're having some some technical issues right, right off to the standard start. I, yeah, I think so. No, t- just want to <laughs> say hi. It's uh, yeah, we'll we'll fight through this like uh, game one. <laughs> For sure. And, Test and all again, the systems. Yeah, and I think this is really one of the most important parts of of just getting into the season is getting back into your battle rhythm, right? And you see it on the field as well. Like coaches are getting used to to calling plays against opponents. You know, like it's a little bit different with the scrimmage and definitely have some stuff to talk about. But let's dive right in. Jim, now that you're back on and you have a little bit more stable connect, connection, tell us a little bit about yourself. We know you, but uh, <laughs> for the fans that are out there, you know, tell them about yourself. Yeah, uh, Jim Zopolis, uh, West Point class of 1996, um, 4-0, Navy class. So, uh, I, and I'll remind everybody, every time I get an opportunity is I'm just a product of I've never lost a Navy, and I never will. <laughs> uh, I was defensive back. I was a recruited wide receiver, uh, moved over to defensive back, played a corner, a special teamer. And so, to me, it's just love playing everything. Uh, from, you know, number four to number five, you know, being an actual corner, uh, it's, you know, special teams was really what I did. Yeah, for sure. But again, I, I think most people learn that hard lesson if they get recruited by Army to play wide receiver, like unless you like stock blocking and being in people's face all the time, like that's a quick transition over to the other <laughs> side of the ball. I mean, if I'm going to make contact like with somebody. Yeah. I like the pain. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna make contact with somebody, you might as well do it with a lot of force. But uh, we're gonna dive right into the service academy highlights, so we will talk about those. Dan, if you don't mind, kind of giving us the overview on what's going on there. Uh, yeah, man. Well, listen, it's week zero. All the teams are are zero and zero. Nobody's playing this week, um, so we are all just on the sidelines. Uh, I brought this up though because ESPN released their updated uh, preseason SP plus rankings. Not to be confused with SNP+, which would be a stock market. 
Um, it was kind of interesting because previously Army and Air Force had been pretty close. And then with this revision, for whatever reason, they they put Air Force like way ahead of Army. Um, both teams have always been, you know, substantially ahead of Navy in these rankings for whatever that's worth. So, you know, it I, I thought it was worth talking about. And here we are. Um, so they've got Air Force at uh, number 52 overall, four and a half, or I'm sorry, 4.9 points better than an average team. So like the way they do these rankings is if if the average, the quote, average team, the most average team in college football is 0.0, then, you know, Bama is at plus 30, meaning that they would beat that team by 30 points on a neutral field. And UConn or UMass or whoever's dead last is at essentially minus 30 because they would lose to that average team by 30 points on a neutral field. So Air Force here at plus 4.9 means they're 4.9 points better than that average team. Army at number 72 practically is that average team at negative 0.6. Um, and then Navy is at 105 at negative 10.8. So I, I bring all of this up. What's interesting is up until recently, like I said, Army and Air Force have been very similar. Then Air Force, they, they, in the SP Plus ranking, suddenly their defense is like five points better than they were and substantially better than the Army defense. And Navy, you know, they've never liked Navy's offense, but Navy's defense looks as good as Army. So, you know, Army's defense not getting a lot of love here in these rankings. Yeah, but but does that surprise you? It is preseason. But one of the difficulties with, with the S&P and any of these factored authentication things that they have, right? It's just based off of returning players. Sure. Right. And, and the schedule, yeah, the schedule may play a part of it because Army schedule looks to be tougher than Navy's for sure. And Air Force, meh, it's kind of a toss-up. But, again, one of the things that consistently we've seen out of the Army football team is, hey, whoever leaves that middle linebacker spot is going to go off and do great things, and then there's just another guy that's just as good that's been waiting in the wings for two or three years to step into that position. So I think it's it's it doesn't count for the depth on the bench is probably the easiest way to say it. It's definitely interesting. Um you know, Air Force, this is, I was talking to James about this uh, from Brigade Review uh, a couple of days ago, and he says it's because of the COVID year, all those guys took that red shirt year, the gap year, whatever you want to call it, and and so they're back for their last super senior seasons, and that's what you see reflected here. But the returning production is actually very similar, and of these three teams, only one has a second team preseason All-American, so it's fine. Like, like you said, these are preseason rankings. We're definitely going to settle it on the field and it's fine, but it's weird. Uh, so here we are. Yeah. And I, and I can think of our last super senior game, right? Last year when we were supposed to be going against Georgia state and that was supposed to be like the tough mm -hmm. one with all the super seniors and for uh, sure. that didn't, that didn't work out so well for them. So, I mean, I think it really has to do with preparation and it's so early in the season that, uh, you know, preseason rankings, they, they matter not, but still it's a great gauge to, to, to start discussion, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I I don't think that Army is the average team. I mean, look at the last few years. They've gone bowling more so than the average teams in college football. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a there's a better than even chance that, you know, this is just up for discussion because it is. So I sure. think one of the points on the position wise is Army is notorious for bringing in somebody as defensive back and turning them into a nose tackle. I mean, it's yeah, a little extreme <laughs> there. But if you look at it, we have defensive backs moving to linebacker positions, outside linebackers to complement what Andre Carter has been billed to do. And so if you look at all the emphasis that's placed on the people that the media knows, so Andre Carter, everybody knows him. And his new best friend is going to be Chip, 
or chop or somebody picking them off off the edge. Yeah, for sure. But what, what doesn't happen is the notoriety that's going to come through. And we're going to learn in the first three weeks, I'd probably say in the month of September, which is a very tough way to get out of this, out of the blocks. We're going to know who's going to fill in those positions that were vacated by Nolan and Eric yeah. in the middle. Those key positions, we re everybody knew them by the end of the year because they were so impactful. Absolutely. Now we have a couple of known and then blending in with the people who have been moved around different positions to give them great opportunity. Yeah, and well, we say this all the time, not to cut you off, Dan, but it's, no, it's, it's, it's the next man up thing, right? Like it's so typically Army that it won't be surprised that the next superstar is sitting in the locker room right now and he's going to show up. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, this being a more general podcast, Air Force's defense is ranked about the same place as Army's, but they have a ton of returning production. And their players, those those guys that are returning are outstanding. You know, Brad Roberts, that fullback, that dude is he is outstanding. And meanwhile, you know, I thought Navy's offense, which this ranking hates, looked better over the course of the season. And meanwhile, they lost their star player and Diego Fago. Without him, they looked like dog meat last year. So it's just, it's just, look, it's something to keep an eye on. As you're watching these week one games, this is a framework. Like, this is the expectation and what is the reality. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And, and like I said, you know, Navy being in the bottom, I'm always happy with that. I will never complain. Air Force <laughs> being ranked above Army, that's a toss up. You know, that's a 50 50 game regardless of what year it is. And sometimes it boils down to who's got the home field advantage. Usually that's what it is in those games. And with rare exception, does, you know, one of the other teams goes into the other guy's house and, and whips them on, on a televised game. So I think that's really the biggest concern that I would have is like home field advantage really does matter, particularly when it comes to army air force. And the fact that we're doing it on a neutral field that actually helps both teams because, you know, the commander's classic, now actually makes it a great game because there is no home field advantage. It's just based off of which team travels the best. There's also a lower probability of passing out warmups. Okay. Did the Colorado huh. Springs tour twice. Huh. Not good. And so in a way it's one of those, I was very surprised that um, the air force Academy didn't say, okay, let's do it in Denver. You know, let's mm. do it at altitude somewhere mm. because that is a huge advantage. And uh, the fact that can't get out there and get acclimated at a mile high. Yes, the air is thin. It's real um, to me is it plays into our favor to be down in Texas. I think as far as the, the favoritism between the fan base, whether it's Air Force or Army, I think that's pretty neutral. Uh, but I'll take the oxygen all day, every day. Yeah. And, and that's a that's a great point, because I don't know if you guys watched the UFC at all this weekend, but they were in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City and altitude was destroying people's cardio like guys that normally were in would be considered great shape or great fighters. They were getting wrecked just because the altitude difference like that. And, and those of you that have been to Afghanistan, that first patrol that you walked in the mountains, guess what? That's a game changer. You PT your ass off <laughs> for six months, getting ready to go for Afghanistan deployment. You walk 300 feet up the side of a mountain and you're exhausted. Send and me back to Iraq. And then there, yeah, exactly. And then there's your little Afghan dude carrying his machine gun and flip flops, like walking up the hill and you're going, man, this is crap. But <laughs> that is a great point about the altitude difference. And, and I think that will actually affect the overall game. If we, you know, if we were playing on the home field for Air Force. Uh, yeah, it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, Commander and Chiefs trophy status. We all know, like, if college football were to end today, Army would re retain it. But 
again, I think for me, and it's a pride thing, winning the winning the, the whole thing outright is the most important part. I think that uh, last year was pretty much of a letdown. Uh, I, I think the team would have rather won it outright than have the oh, three-way split. It, you know, the trophy is still in the trophy room, but it's kind of like there's an asterisk there, you know, and I, and I hate for it to be that way, particularly for the players. All right, moving on to the preseason top 10. These are as of 15 August. So, of course, number one is Bama. Do we really care? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much over it. So we can, like, change the top 25, put an asterisk next to Alabama, and they're, they're on their own thing, and then everybody <laughs> else gets ranked in the AP. All right, so we got number two is Ohio State, Georgia. Again, that's just disrespectful to put the national <clears throat> champions at number three. It's like, yeah, Alabama, they recruit well, but – Come on, man. Give the champs a nod until they prove otherwise. Uh, I mean, I, I would I would have to say they their team and roster was decimated. They again, they're reloading. They're not rebuilding. They're absolutely reloading with that, you know, top three, top five recruiting class. They always come back with. But they lost the majority of their talent, primarily on defense side of the ball, too. So to me is in that league where you have the Bryce Young's coming back at Alabama, he has something to have a higher probability of success this year as he did last year. Yeah, that's a fair point. And, and again, Clemson over, over, overrated. Like I'm done. Like Dabo Sweeney, love the guy. I think he's a great coach, but I, I think, you know, the hype on Clemson is now gone. It's over. And uh, we should move on for other opportunities for better teams. Uh, number five, Notre Dame. I think that's going to be the matchup of the week. One actually is going to be Ohio state, Notre Dame. That one's oh, basically for sure. You know, that that has national championship implications on week one, and really it's the eye test. Texas A&M, again, number one recruiting class in college football this year. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, Utah, again, that's kind of an odd one because they play well, but they're not really in a, in a powerful conference. Uh, Blue Pants in Michigan returns, and, and again, they should be number 10 if not outside of the top 10 just based off of the freaking crappy play that they had in the playoff. I mean, they had the oh, – the emotional high of beating Ohio State, and then they just uh, fell apart going into the playoff. And 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 go back to that one. Yeah, that was just a straight up, straight up letdown. Uh, Oklahoma and Baylor. I think those those are all right. Baylor's you know consistently performing. It just depends on how well they do against TCU and Oklahoma. I would rather see Oklahoma State in there. I think too oh, much sure. changeover. You know, too much changeover. Spencer Rattler is now a Trojan. So. There really shouldn't be a lot of discussion about Oklahoma in the top ten. So, so you lose two quarterbacks. So Williams goes to USC. Rattler goes to S. I think South Carolina. So the two different USCs. You know, you have Oklahoma's quarterback. You have a brand new coach at Oklahoma. You have a higher probability of winning at Texas, and everybody's hyped again. You know, the Mannings are coming. The Mannings are coming. So everybody's <laughs> excited about Texas football, and they they're ranked higher to win their conference. So the fact that you have Oklahoma ranked nationally over Texas, who has a higher probability of winning their own conference, slight head scratcher. Yeah. That, well, again, uh, it'll work itself all... out. It'll work itself out, <laughs> yeah. but it is an advantage to start early because it can take a while to fall to earth if you're going to fall to earth. Like, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt for a good long time based on that early ranking. Yeah, that, that's true. So if Alabama stumbles in week three, which I doubt will happen, but if they do, you know, everybody's going to be like, oh, maybe it's just, you know, it's it's a fluke. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah, right. Like, look, if Alabama loses one, that that's the end of their season. We all know well, that. Texas A&M, circle it. 
You know, I yeah. mean, let let the two heads just smash it out. It's gonna it should be an arm wrestling competition, <laughs> you know, between Jimbo and Saban. Because honestly, it's money talks. They kissed and made up in the media. They hate each other. Okay, oh, yeah. that yeah. is without a doubt. They hate each other for sure. For so sure, I can't wait for that game. Yeah, the only thing that would make this even better is if Texas A&M brings back Johnny Manziel as like the player, you know, the player rep for name, image, and likeness. I think that would just be insult to injury. Yeah, you casinos know, just, pay. Yeah, yeah, that'd sure. be a great NIL, <laughs> NIL. You know, Caesars, whatever, Johnny, big money. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, other notables in the top twenty-five: Wake Forest. A, you know, again. Uh, that that's a disappointing story because like nobody wants nobody wants to play a team where their best player is not on the field. You want to beat them, you know, heads up yeah. in a great game. And, and Sam Hartman, whether you like him or you don't like him, the fact that he is out for now uh, really hurts Army's chances or doesn't hurt Army's chances. But it definitely, you know, it's kind of a shot. Like you don't want to have your best game when their best player is not in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Defense, though. So, you know, you got Wake and that's one of our September, you know, challenges is their defense is beatable. OK, but, you know, our pass rush could not get there. And that's certainly one of the things that we got to cover is it starts up front for Army. And that offensive line for Wake Forest was mammoth and they gave him all the time he wanted, you know, and just had the time to pick us apart. 70 plus points in any instance is pretty significant, but against our, you know, army defense, that is usually, you know, keep the ball in front of you, you know, yeah. play. Yeah. 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 Know, Absolutely. Red zone, red zone defense was pretty exceptional last year for army. And so for us is to just to get, you know, beat over the top is not characteristic of what we do and something we got to fix. If we got a chance against uh wake forest. Yeah, well, I, we can talk. We can go ahead. Sorry, uh, I was just going to jump in and say straight up assignment football, man. You know what I mean? Like you have to beat the guy in front of you and then play your position. Like the slow mesh. You know how you stop that? You freaking smack that running back in the mouth every time he touches the ball, even if he doesn't touch the ball. You just run through him. You know, so it's that kind of mentality that's going to get the get the team further ahead. But uh, yeah. I didn't like that game. I mean, at the end of the day, it was a effing basketball store. You know, I mean, like it's like Army Wake Forest, you know, 70 to 55. Literally, I thought it was a basketball score. Like if I did not know that that was an intercollegiate athletic football game, I would have thought it was basketball. They're a top being 25 that, team. Yeah, you know? being at that game was like, I mean, it, it was such a rush of adrenaline. It was it was an incredible experience. Were you there, Jim? Yeah, my neck hurt. You know, I mean, just it, it, it was worse than tennis. I mean, there was more scoring than tennis. It was a track meet. Uh, yeah, for sure. Entertaining game, disappointing game. Yeah. And I and I think like. To all credit, I think we would want to continue to have offensive performances like that. So if the offense, you know, showed up like that for other games, great. But you want the defense to show up at a commiserate level. I think that's really the, the ultimate discussion point there. Dan, we'll give it back over to you because we've been stomping on you, so we want to get let you get your point out. No, it's fine. I, listen, we, we sort of beat this to death. I guess I'll just go through the rest of the notables. You know, they got Cincinnati at 23, Houston at 24. Seen a lot of people picking Houston to, to win the American Conference this year, which I, I guess I'm – we'll see. Uh, and then BYU at 25. Um, seems like people love BYU, but I, I haven't really followed them. I've been back from Maine for a week, you know, like I'm slowly getting back into it. So here we are. Yeah, I think I think BYU has an assistant coaching job for Ken if uh, things don't work out this season. But uh, <laughs> maybe, 
who knows? You know, but the top 25 power conferences, one of them is not so much anymore as the Pac-12. Absolutely. So you mentioned you mentioned Utah. Uh, I, I would think as far as UCLA, I think they're, to me, exciting team to watch. Chip Kelly is finally getting the offense into motion. He is now developing the three-star type of talent. USC is now has a brand new team, brand new coach, brand new house. They got it all. And so for that is question marks. And they're more exciting to watch about the financial implications of them moving to the Big Ten than the actual play on the field, which is mm. terribly disappointing for me growing up in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I think I, I, I think all these mega conferences are like, it could pan out to be a good thing 10, 15 years from now, we hope. But uh, I, like I said, when we had uh, we had Matt Wilhelm on the show a couple of weeks ago and we we're talking about name, image, and likeness. And he's like, Ohio State needs to have a $14 million fund. And that's Ohio State. Right. That's one of the biggest company, you know, one of the most followed schools in the country has yeah. to have that kind of money to compete with other universities. So when you start talking about this mega conference and then you look at the dollar signs attached to the Big Ten's new television contract, like, hey, they're going to get that 14 million dollars and then some because the eyeballs are going to be on them. But let's let's pick some games. Weekly locks. And really quick for those of you guys that are in the firsty club that have not seen this like we have actual hardware on the line so the villanova game we got to hand this off to dan because dan won the picks last year with the ask for football team internally but if you have not signed up for the patreon to join this like we got the strap on the line we went for the we went for the cruiserweight title just because yeah. uh <laughs> the heavyweight because, title was 200 bucks <laughs> yeah, and and, and we're, we're trying to generate some interest. Like, so if we get a whole bunch of people sign up for the Patreon and, and, and participate in this thing, we may upgrade, and then this one will go in somebody's cabinet for uh, posterity. But uh, the full size strap may be on the line if you guys decide to to participate in this. But let's talk about what what we're watching and and who you got this week, Dan. Uh, yeah. So the rules are you got to pick at least one game a week and a maximum of three. And at the end of the year, whoever has the most points wins. Uh, you get plus one for a win. You get minus one for a loss. And a push is obviously zero. Um, picking more games, in my experience, is not necessarily an advantage. So <laughs> you can definitely shoot yourself in the foot. That's that's. I think I think Rob and I have learned that the hard way over the years. So anyway, the game that I picked, I picked Wyoming plus 10 at Illinois. Um, man, I, I probably should have also picked Vanderbilt at Hawaii plus seven. Uh, I got to say, but I, I didn't take that one. Um, I, I'm also really, really interested in the UConn game. Uh, it turns out that Tyler Fomacken, I think I said that right, maybe, uh, the quarterback last year that we saw at Mikey Stadium for, for the Huskies. Um, he's from my hometown of Stratford. I have seen this kid play. I didn't even realize it. Um, thought he flashed at times as a true freshman. Eager to see what he can do if he's the starter, if he gets a little room to run. Yeah, Jim, what are your thoughts this week? Well, the thing is, is, you know, question mark, you know, you have uh, Jim Mora coming back to um, UConn coming out of UCLA. Yeah. Fantastic recruiting could make it happen in, in Westwood. And so, again, as being a UCLA Bruins fan and having the opportunity to see the program hit rock bottom and, and truly come back from that to now stabilize. And, and to tell you the truth, an, an eight and three season or an eight and four season is stable. At UCLA. So to me, is my question mark is can more put it together in week one? I don't think so. I like Utah State at home. Uh, wow. I think, sure. you know, traveling away week one, you know, more has got to get together. And I don't think it'll start clicking until mid 
into the latter third of the season. So I would certainly take Utah State at home, regardless of the points. I think U UConn is still in a little bit disarray. You have defensive coordinator that has now stepped out. They have to kind of fill in that gap, and that was one of the weaker parts of UConn. So to me, as if I was going to pick the one game, Utah State at home. And then also very interesting, uh, Dublin, Ireland is the host mm. of week one for Nebraska Northwestern. Uh, Scott Frost has made it a habit of losing one touchdown games. Very, very frustrating. Does Nebraska have the patience to hold on to it as of right now? No. Stability lies with Northwestern. I will take Northwestern in their Emerald Isle home away from home. Wow. So, right, so Jim, let me hit you with the with the point spread. I don't know if you saw that. This is Utah State minus 27 and a half. You, you're still taking them? Okay. I'd lay them at 30. Okay. And Northwestern plus 13. I actually like that bet quite a bit. So. I do. Defense, uh, you know, Fitzgerald, it's just one of those, there's the stability in that program. And again, as they don't, they have not been playing great early season ball. So hopefully mm -hmm. that can change for Northwestern. They come on later. Uh, but I still think that Nebraska doesn't have anything overwhelmingly convincing that they're going to show up. Yeah. Uh, and and y'all basically talked about my points, but I'm, I took UConn to cover straight up because I think they're huh. I think I think they're bad but sure. they're not that bad you know what I mean so I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt 27 and a half points Health if they lose 27 and a half points to army I'm cool with but like this early huh. in the season I'm going to give them their shot and, and this may be the only time that I pick them just to cover I will not say win outright I'm saying cover so okay. I'm saying to lose by 27 I'll be good uh, of course, I'll be watching. I'll be watching the Dublin Ireland game for sure. I think that's just cool. Just a cool game to watch. It kicks off early too, so it's kind of a kind of an odd time. But I think it'll be good. Again, just like you said, I feel bad for Scott Frost, man. He was bought back in to be the savior of of the black shirt, the black shirts, and they're still playing like the black skirts. You know, they keep dropping it right at the last minute, and it's like victory from the jaws of or de defeat from the jaws of victory every week, and they just need to get it done. Like, I feel bad for the guy because I think if, if they start winning, like Scott Frost will be at Nebraska forever. Like, they'll be renaming the stadium after him, mm -hmm. like Bill Snyder, you know, come 2035. He's got to brew it pretty soon, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, I, I legitimately think he's in trouble. Pretty decent schedule for the month of August, honestly, to have UTEP at home picks up, you know, Sun Bowl. I like them against North Texas. Yeah. Home. And then finally, a long trip for Vanderbilt to get out to Hawaii. Uh, yeah. For them is, again, a question mark in what Hawaii can do, because typically they're really loaded athletically, but can they get it together? So you got that SEC power to take that long trip in week one. I don't know if they're going to have it all together. Uh, so to me, as I would say, cover, uh, I'd say, you know, keep with the keep with the home team and hopefully that humidity uh, will wear down Vanderbilt. Nice. Yeah, that awesome, sounds man. good. And then we got one note in here from from James. James taking North Texas plus five over UTEP. The line has moved since he made the pick, but I think he's that's going to be a shootout. I think that'll be a great game to watch. All right, and, soda, James. I got you. Yeah, awesome, <laughs> awesome. There you go. All right, and last, hey, we're about to start college football, man. We got games this week. That is awesome. That's what we're looking forward to. There's a lot of preseason moves and discussions. If you have not been watching the transfer portal, don't. It'll just give you a headache with all the people bouncing around <laughs> between schools. I think it'll be it, it's problematic. This is what, you know, one of my druthers with watching pro football is like keeping track of who moved to which team. You know, so unless the guy is a criminal, Deshaun Watson, then there's really nothing for you to watch with college football. You know, like like you're just tracking down your players that have gone into the transport portal, transport portal. But either way, that Big Ten contract for all the money on on uh, 
the televised games is going to change college football. Even the new conference realignment, I guarantee you, like if I'm an athletic director at one of these universities that was thinking about the Big Ten, when I see those dollar signs that they're getting on that big check, I'm probably leaning that way too. And so I think it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten for a while unless something else breaks here. And of course, you got the Texas Conference, which is basically all the teams in Texas, which sucks for them because everybody's watching the horns regardless. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's Fast and Furious. This is uh, Ring Knocker Radio. This is your college football week zero preview. And uh, for Jim and Dan and myself, we'd like to say thanks for you guys checking us out. And make sure you're following us on all socials at As for Football. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the As for Football College Football Roundtable. Please join us again soon for another episode of the College Football Roundtable and be on the lookout for the next Army football show. Please continue to follow us on all social media platforms at As for Football. We thank you for your continued support of As for Football, the Black Knights football team, and Army athletics. And as always, beat Navy.